We're back. Just like I said, we'd be back three weeks ago. This is for the glory, Casey. Uh, I wasn't three weeks, but Sheena was three weeks. That's a long time. I'm Chad Smith, the editor, associate editor over at the KC Soccer Journal. I'm joined as always, well, almost always, by my wife, Sheena. Sheena, what's up? Hey, Chad. Hi, everyone who listens. This is going to be a no-edited podcast, guys. We're just going to do it. We're back. We're in the routine. Sheena, just let leave all the mistakes in. Okay. You have a look on your face as though that pains you, but it'll be fine. It'll it be does. Okay. <laughs> all right. So uh, we're going to get back to our old groove here. I take you a little more in-depth. Sheena gives you that more casual perspective. We'll see how much that kicks in on this trip because someone was hardcore while we were out of the country uh, talking and watching soccer the whole time. And some people were like, yeah, I'm not really going to watch that game. That's on in the wrong weird time of the day. So I'll let you all determine who that was. But on this week's episode, we're going to go back in time a little bit. We're going to talk briefly about Sporting Kansas City's flippity flop against Toluca. Uh, Polito rumors about him resigning a little bit more concrete sounding. The Casey Current advancing in the Challenge Cup. The U.S. Women's National Team getting eliminated. Bummer. And we've got some mailbag questions for y'all. But we have to start with, you know, Sheena wasn't on the podcast for three weeks. There was like a 10-day gap between episodes. Oh, weird times. I like to be uh, OCD regimented routine, but you know, we were out of the country. That seems like a good excuse. She let's talk about New Zealand. Okay. What do you want to talk about it? <laughs> you had a question from one of our listeners. Thomas said, uh, tell us about your trip. What was the highlight? What was the low light? What was your favorite meal? So I feel like that's a good place to start. Okay. Why don't you go first? Oh, okay. So highlight, I'm <laughs> going to say we went to this place called Tutu Kaka. It was beautiful. I'm sure I'm mispronouncing it. I actually said this on the last podcast that I recorded by myself. So uh, that was my highlight. Uh, if you don't let me pick that one, since I already said that once, I'll say zip lining in Fiji. That was pretty cool. Uh, low light, uh, driving on the left-hand side of the road. Uh, I may or may not have had to pay an extra fee for Sheena to drive our rental car, and then she refused to drive our rental car because uh, it made her uncomfortable driving on the wrong side of the road. The wrong side. Uh, the other side. Uh, who's to say what's right or wrong? Uh, just because we do it one way here doesn't, I guess, make it right. Favorite meal? Uh, I don't remember. Um, I just will say the food in general tasted really, really good there probably because it's all from there and fresh and not being like flown in from other places or riding on boats and whatnot. It, it was uh, eye-opening to see how different the food tasted. But uh, I'll even just say that chicken, what was it? I don't even know what it was called that we had at the, at F in Fiji. Do you remember the chicken that they made for us when we were doing the zip lining? That stuff was really good. You know, what's interesting is I was wondering what it was, too. And I was in the process of writing a review for the zip lining, and I was reading what other people wrote, and they said it was a curry dish. Um, like, I could see uh, that. yeah, so I think it was curry that we had. So you might like Indian food. Look at me food. branching out, having yeah, different things. It was good. Yeah, it was very. I don't, I'm a well, I'm kind of a vegetarian, like ninety percent of the time. Not on this trip, you weren't. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you a lot well, of chicken. But it goes back to what you were saying about the food. Like, I also was aware that, like, especially in Fiji, I didn't know that they would have, like, vegetarian options. So I was like, if I need to, I sometimes have bites of chicken. And so I knew that I might have to eat chicken if there was no vegetarian options. 
And I'm surprised you didn't say the chicken fried rice that you had in Fiji because I was oh, scarfing that, was that down. Yeah. But... It made me sad that we had to fly at 6 a.m. the next day because I couldn't eat it as leftovers. It was so good. <laughs> Yeah. It was really just good. Fried rice, you would think like it's not nothing fancy, right? But it just tasted better. I don't know. Yeah, they, but every, I think it, better. I think it has to do with the way they raise their animals versus how we do it here in the United States, and that kind of brings me before I get into my favorite and least favorite thing that I well we watched it, but you fell asleep. Um, the documentary on Netflix, I Poison. Like Ten minutes during it, I remember most of it. Okay, but you still fell asleep. And but poisoned if it's you... like you during soccer matches. Uh ha ha ha. But <laughs> Okay, keep going. Anyways, poison really eye opening. I don't even know really what to eat or what to buy at the store because I there's like the way animals are raised are the reason I don't eat meat. Um, but then I always thought produce would was a good thing and that's what i loved about new zealand like we did some really incredible things on the trip but like chet said it was eye-opening to see how the food is there and everything is just so fresh especially in fiji i don't know if you ever had any pineapple in fiji i can't remember if you did but it was so juicy and so sweet and i just could have lived off the pineapples in fiji if i had to but um the just everything they do with food. And because they're an island, most companies are local and just they use better products. So um, in my head, I'm a health food nut, but I'm really not. But I do care about that stuff, how things are made. But anyway, so favorite memory. I really liked ziplining was probably my favorite thing. Um, All the hiking we did was just incredible views. But I love trees and we went to the Redwoods in Rotorua. I think I'm saying it wrong. I've been saying it wrong the whole time, but we, what was it we did in, in the trees? Like we did, it wasn't zip lining, but we were we on like were, these we suspension were like Ewoks, bridges. basically. Yeah, yeah. We were like Ewoks. I, I was kind of sad not to see an Ewok in the Redwood forest. E- yeah, it really felt like you would just see an Ewok. They, it's really a missed opportunity on that company for not just putting one in there. Or honestly, like I felt like they could have definitely sold Star Wars stuff at their yeah. gift shop, and I'd have been like, "Yes, I sign me up." Y'all can't see if you ever follow us on Instagram, you might see. Sometimes we take a picture of ourselves while we're recording, and uh, right behind me is a wall full of Star Wars nerdiness. So I I'll take love a picture. Star Wars. Yeah, I'll I take may a have picture. already done it while you were talking. Oh, lovely. I'm sure my face looked great. I took several because there was a few bad <laughs> facial expressions. I, I have to really know that I'm being taken a picture of because I have RBF hardcore. Uh, but I swear I'm a nice person. But yeah, so I think that was a highlight for me just because I love trees. Like we've been to a lot of national parks because I love national parks. Um, I, I would say the traffic was probably, I mean, I wasn't the one driving, but getting delayed and things taking longer because the traffic, especially by our hotel in Auckland, which like we were in a really cool area in Auckland. We were in the new market area and I loved it down there. Like that's what I envisioned if I was like younger. I It's what I hope like our daughter lives in a walkable city someday. Um, or, I mean, I don't really want her to leave me, but I don't know. I want, like, I just love everything. There was so many 
great local places nearby. And I just love the whole vibe. We were down the street from like the coolest mall I've ever been to. And I've been to Mall of, of America. And that was a cool mall up until I went to Auckland. And I wish like we could take the concepts of that mall and integrate them into the United States. Like they had grocery stores, which I always say like Zona Rosa is our closest mall. They need to put like a Trader Joe's in Zona Rosa. And I feel like that would really give like some livelihood to the mall. Every open corner you see, they go, oh, they should have a Trader Joe's there or maybe a Whole Foods. Yeah. <laughs> Every time they you see were... an open corner, for sure. I take a natural grocers too. But anyways, yeah, but they had grocery stores. I had like a fresh Asian market in there and they just had cool water features. I also think the best thing I with like going along with what Chad said, the food was so incredible and the flavors. And I just, we've ate out because we were in LA when we got back. And so we've been eating out and everything just tastes so salty to me now. And just bland. I went to a coffee shop one that like I really like. And um, the coffee, or I got, I drink chai lattes, but the chai was just so, I had no flavor. So I've been tarnished and I don't know that I can ever drink Starbucks again because I already thought Starbucks was kind of bland. So I don't know, but I loved it all. I, I told, well, on Facebook, I guess I didn't tell Chad, but I told my friends and family on Facebook, like I am a I'm like part Kiwi now. And I feel like I left like a little piece of my heart in New Zealand. It's everything like I kind of envisioned a place like based off of what I believe, like New Zealand fit that bill with like their environmental stuff. So I loved it. Fiji was great too. The people in Fiji were so incredibly nice and friendly. And I I don't know, it was just an amazing trip. It's been tough a tough adjustment for me to be home. Yeah, no, I totally get that. It's the weird part about New Zealand that when you really think about it, it's like 5.1 million people. Like we used to live in Phoenix, which is like four and a half million people in one city, let alone this is across, you know, a couple of beautiful islands. Well, to be fair, we didn't go to the South Island at all because it was winter and that was another ferry ride or a plane trip. And uh, it's colder temperatures. Yeah. yeah. So the southern part of the northern island, we ran into some snow. So I already didn't want to drive on the left hand side of the road. Uh, <laughs> snow was like really not making me uh, feel good about it. I will say uh, the blinker is on the other side of the steering wheel whenever you do this. And now that I'm back in the States, which I say this all the time in this, I'm in the States, y'all. I'm back in the States. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds so douchey. But, anyways, uh, I and keep. And I sound like the... a world traveler. Oh, is that what it is? Okay, yeah. I'm a man of the world. It just took 40 yeah. years to get get out there and, <laughs> and see the world. So, uh, but yeah, it was awesome. It was amazing. I highly recommend it, especially like the only international trip I'd ever taken before was to Mexico. So like this yeah. is another world for sure. It, yeah, and I definitely want to go back and see the South Island because I hear it's even more amazing than the North. Like, so I... And we have to go to the Western Island of Australia as well. Yeah. And so there is all it did really is make me want to travel more, which I always want to travel anyways. So um, I, I don't know. It was but just after I great. paid off that credit card. Whew, I don't know Oof. how often we'll be doing that. <laughs> so yeah, yeah that was it something was, else. You'll have to yeah. make other cuts in your life to be able to afford to take more trips. I am willing to do that. I think maybe you will too. All right. 
Oh, great. Can't wait. Uh, let's talk <laughs> soccer, Sheena. Let's get to some okay. soccer. The only game that Sheena watched of the ones we're going to discuss today is the Sporting Kansas City Toluca game. That's not 100% true. We're going to talk a little SKC too as well. But um, Sporting KC and Toluca, as you all know by now, this thing ended 4-1. to one. I don't want to beat it to death because it was over a week ago now, and it feels like, you know, what What do we really have to say? But uh, Sheena actually said she watched it next to me. I think we watched it on a laptop, if I'm remembering right. Yeah. Uh, everything's kind of a blur right now. A few things that I just wanted to kind of highlight from the game and see what thoughts you had, Sheena, were the first thing, Will you got us back. Sure, it was late. Sure, his goal didn't matter, but he came back. He scored a goal. Uh, Espinoza didn't get the assist, but he had played a perfect pass on that one, but it got saved before he you know, got to put in his own rebound. I thought that was really promising to have Agata back, and hopefully this is the Agata that showed up towards the end of the 2022 season and I think led the team in scoring, if I'm, I'm remembering correctly, because the team could sure use it down the stretch. They're going to need to score a lot of goals because their defense is hot garbage uh the defense is hard 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 garbage hot garbage oh, oh my what, god what is hard garbage <laughs> it's like it's fermented know. and i don't know um, I so don't know. speaking of oh hot garbage <laughs> this is gonna be a good one y'all uh danny rosero i thought he was exceptionally bad like i don't i can't even put it into words i had him down as being at fault or at least partially at fault on three goals first off he scores the own goal like what is he doing oh, on the yeah. own goal sheena he headed that like that's it's a beautiful header he's used to playing headers into the box on set pieces so i guess maybe he just forgot which net he was supposed to be aiming for but nobody's saving that thing it's like a rocket into the net then he loses his man on the second goal and the third one he just lazy effort doesn't get back and he lost the guy that made the assist so uh, Danny Rosero, bad night. People, I see people blaming Fontas and Leibold, and admittedly, on the fourth goal, they just stood there. Remember, that's the one where it was like the free kick, and they play the ball over the top, and the attacker just took off running, and he was behind the defense and just had like an easy goal. Um, I will say, uh, I thought maybe this would be used as an excuse to bench Poolscamp, but I thought Poolscamp absolutely stood on his head during this game, at least you know seven eight nine goals could have been in the net if it wasn't for pools camp being amazing and i will say that vermees in the postgame presser was complimentary of john so hopefully this won't lead to his benching although melia is back he's been available on the bench and now sporting have a huge massive break before they play again uh, i buzzed through all those things really fast but uh any thoughts that you had i i, I like what we talked about new zealand for uh 10 minutes and then we did uh three on Sporting Toluca. What what do you remember from the game? Anything stand out to you? Well, I do remember the header from uh, Danny Rosero. And if it had been in our goal, like it hadn't been an own goal, it would have been beautiful. It was still beautiful, even though it, it hurt us. And I feel like it's a trend right now. And I think we're going to talk about this more later, about all the own goals that have been happening um, in the Leagues Cup. But I don't know if this is the same game where Fontes got uh, kicked uh, Tim Leibold, or was that the Chivas game? That was the Chivas game, but then Leibold was sporting two pretty black eyes during yeah. the Toluca game because of that. It looked brutal, right? Can you it imagine did. like every day when you see this guy, it's like, oh, I did that. That was me. Yeah. I, wa I wonder, like, do they have beef with each other now? Probably not, because it was totally an accident, but... 
yeah, I don't really remember a ton from that game. I mean, I know I watched it, but it, so much has happened that is in my brain. Uh, unlike you, I don't absorb the stuff after like 24 hours. So I don't really have just any other thoughts. You move it's on. just, yeah, it's unfortunate because they looked pretty good against Chivas. And then this was just a disappointment um, in a season of disappointments. So it kind of stacks up that we wouldn't get further into the league's cup. Honestly, that that's kind of my next thing that I wanted to talk about in relation to that game is looking at the schedule. I don't know how much you've been paying attention to the league's cup since sporting were bounced out of it or really outside of sporting at all, but the games are kind of on top of each other. Uh, in the podcast that I recorded by myself, awkwardly sitting in our hotel room <laughs> in Auckland, uh, I was talking about how, man, the schedule finally favored sporting. Like they played on a weekend and then they played the following Monday, like a week later, eight days later, whatever it was. And, you know, Chivas came into that game on short rest. So it's like, oh, sporting. I feel like they look like they can beat anybody when they have proper rest. And I think they would have probably beat Cincinnati if not for that Polito red card. And then you see what happens when they get short rest. They played on Monday, played again on Friday when they played Toluca, and suddenly they look like crap again. They look tired. They they didn't rotate the team very well, you know, as is pretty typical for Peter Vermees and company. But there's a few guys out there that just looked exhausted. And in particular, Danny Rosero was just just not good. And I was watching, have you seen on YouTube or Instagram those videos that Sporting put out where it's, um, Daniel Shalloway and Johnny Russell, and they're, I think it's called squad goals, and they're talking about goals that were scored in a game. Like they showed the highlights of the Austin game where they won four to one, and they had Polito with them. They did another one where the Gotti Kinda was with them. And I, I had kind of forgotten in that Austin game, Robbie Volitor and Dan, or Robert Castellanos started. Castellanos actually scored a goal in that game, and they get four goals and they only give up one. So I think. You have to say, you know what, is it better to play tired players or to rotate occasionally and let these other guys get their opportunities? And at least you're not going to lose because you're tired, right? But how yeah. many games have Sporting probably lost because they're tired? I think there's a lot of them. The St. Louis game comes to mind. All these triple game weeks, the third game in the triple game week, almost always it just looks like they're exhausted and they don't have anything left. I thought a lot of the forwards and midfielders played well and they rotated enough to where they didn't look tired to me. but. If you have a tired center back, that's a big problem. And Remy was probably a little tired because he had worked so darn hard versus the Chivas game, and then you're asking him to play that role again. I don't know. I think it's uh, the the League's Cup, with the, all the games being three or four days apart after you got to the knockout stage, Sporting were never going to advance that far anyway. So it's probably for the best that they're getting this rest because they need to be almost perfect down the stretch to make a nice run at the playoffs. So they still have the opportunity at this point, technically, to make it to the playoffs if, let's say, they did play perfect? Yes, absolutely. Actually, I don't know that any team has actually been eliminated from playoff contention yet, which is kind of crazy to think about because sporting, you know, they're not good. They're below the playoff line right now, but they are not the lowest ranked team. They're uh, Portland, L.A., and Colorado are all behind them. Yeah, and I'm looking at the live standings. No one is eliminated yet. Now, they are not too terribly far ahead of some of these teams, but um, Colorado only have 19 points. Sporting have 26. So that's a seven-point gap between 11th and 14th, and Colorado's still alive. So the way so many teams making the playoffs, or at least making that play-in game is essentially kind of the playoffs, um, it keeps teams alive forever, but they do need to kind of 
don't they don't need to go on like a historic run. It doesn't have to be perfect. Like the current basically need to be perfect, but they need to be pretty good. And the schedule's kind of set up for them to be good because there are breaks. There's just one triple game week, and then the rest of the games are not like that. So I say when that third game during or the middle game of that week, rest your players. And if you lose, you lose because you're probably going to lose anyways if you run the same guys into the ground. And then maybe you'll develop some people. Maybe you'll find another Jake Davis. Somebody will emerge that'll be ready to go and play and and make an impact. And I, I just think I didn't really put my head around the format of this tournament. Like I didn't really see how close the games were going to be together when they got to the knockout stages. But sporting are not built to play every few days. And they need to get high up those standings so that they don't have to do that when the MLS Cup playoffs start, that they get gaps between the games and the games are more weekend to weekend to weekend, which would be, you know, you never know. They're they're probably not going to do anything. They're probably not going to make the playoffs, but you never know because they look very, very capable when they're rested. It feels like, I guess, uh, you know, you and I, I mean, I know you're a little, a lot more hardcore than I am, but like even if, a lot. <laughs> yeah, even if I can tell as a, a pretty casual fan that like you need to rest in a three game stretch, you need to be rotating players. Like I, I just can't grasp why Peter Vermees doesn't see that or he has to see it and he just doesn't have the faith in the the bench but that's on you you're the one that signed those players and if you didn't have faith in them like you shouldn't have signed them and you should have found players like that's the part that like baffles me the most about this is that he's never been good with using subs but in a three-game stretch like you can't expect that the same players to go out there for three games in a row in a week and and win i mean it could happen but like the the likelihood is it's not gonna work out that way and i just feel like those games i mean i think we've had two or three times where we've had these three game stretches and they've been failures um the one was we had two good games and then the uh st louis loss but still i don't know it just feels like a real missed opportunity and i don't under like if he does that same strategy again because he's done it twice before if he does it a third time like he's an idiot like i i wouldn't like i hate to say that but it it's an idiotic move when you've done it in the past and it hasn't worked out i don't i'm probably just getting myself in trouble by saying that it's okay. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that Peter Vermees does not listen to this podcast, but maybe Probably. if anybody at the team does, don't don't tell him that Sheena said this stuff about him. This well, is Sheena that he doesn't know at all. Um, that's it. Yeah. Care. I think I think it, it's insanity, right? That's the definition yeah. of insanity, doing the same thing over and over We've and expecting different results. That. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And this team is one of the oldest teams in all of Major League Soccer, and it might be getting older. We'll get to that in a minute. But I just... I don't know how you expect them to keep doing this. And then I want to kind of transition really quickly here to Sporting KC2. We were at the Sporting, this is, we're recording on a Sunday on the 13th. And we went to the Sporting KC2 game today. And then there was a big lightning delay and we decided the the, the radar didn't look good. We sat there for a while, but it, it we ended up leaving. As of right now, or when we started recording at least, they were up six to one. So they were yeah, up three nothing that. when we left. Yeah. Oh, it was but, six um, to zero when I saw it. So no, the other team scored. Yeah. Yeah, Portland BTFC too. They did score. But the reason I bring them up is because they played beautiful soccer and they only had two first team guys starting, Ozzy Cisneros 
and Danny Flores. And a lot of these other guys admittedly cannot play for the first team, but they're all playing and practicing together. They might not be together every single day in practice, but if these young guys can do this, admittedly, against other young guys, I think that they could probably go out there and and execute if you give them the chance. I just feel like uh, Thad says this all the time, my colleague Thad Bell over at the KC Soccer Journal. He always says, Peter's going to put out what he thinks is the best lineup to give him an opportunity to win. And I agree. I do think that that's how he looks at it. And he goes, well, these players are better than these young guys, so they give me a better opportunity. But if they're not at their peak because they're dinged up or tired, fatigued, whatever, they're playing multiple games in a week, then does it give you the best opportunity? I don't know that it does. And sometimes I don't think practice is a great precursor to in-game performance. Jake Davis only got put in at right back because Zussi was hurt. Pierre was hurt. Cam Duke played like utter garbage when he got the chance to play right back. And then finally Davis got a chance, even though he's not a right back by trade. He's not been perfect. He's made mistakes, but he's incredibly young. And you're going to get, I mean, you're getting mistakes. Pontus makes mistakes almost every game, right? Or Rosero crap the bed against Toluca. Like veterans are making mistakes too. And it's, I just hate how they seem to always be forgiven for their mistakes. And the young guys seem to be in the doghouse when they make mistakes. And admittedly, he's stuck with Davis, but he's kind of had no other options. Pierre, by the way, did return in this game. He got a few minutes and you know he's been playing for the twos for a, a little bit now. So he should be there fitness wise, but he'll be there to kind of push Davis. But I'm okay with that. They're both young guys. Let's have them push each other and see who plays the best and give them both chances. Because if this thing does go in the toilet, which is, you know, it's been headed that way all year, I'd like to see some guys get some developmental chances. And if nothing, at least those midweek games don't run them into the ground. I went on a tangent I didn't expect to go on, Sheena. Anything you want to add about this? I was going to ask you, before Zussi got hurt and Kate and Pierre and... And like, who was the right back for Sporting KC2? Because you said it wasn't Jake Davis. So who is it? And why wouldn't they have brought that person over instead of Jake Davis? Do you know? Oh, good question. So it's kind of complicated. But the right, the guy that's primarily played right back for SKC2 is Lucas Rosa. And he he's that guy I was telling you at the game today. I was like, he's the 25-year-old rookie. He might be 26 by now. I don't know when his birthday is. But he was 25 when they signed him. He was having a heck of a game in the first half, which we watched yeah, before scored. the lightning delay. He both scored and he assisted. He assisted on the opening goal to Elenis Vargas as well. And the reason you can't bring him up is twofold. Technically, they could make some roster moves and clear space to sign him, but their roster is full. So that's one. And then two, you know, you probably are like, I want to use the guys that are already on my first team roster before I give this 25-year-old a contract that may or may not stick around. Rosa's looked really good. I, I'd be interested to see if how he does compete against MLS level competition. It would have been nice to maybe maybe let him have a US Open Cup game or you know something like that. Because you can loan your guys up. Actually, you could loan your guys up for the Leagues Cup too. They could have done that for a Leagues Cup game. But there's more strict rules in MLS games. We went over that rule earlier in the season where you're allowed to do like the short-term affiliate agreement where you can do yeah. four short-term loans per player but they can only appear in two games. So technically Rosa could come up and play in two games. I'd be open to something like that, especially if they lose a few more. But with Pierre back, I assume it'll be a combination of Pierre and Davis. And Zussi's actually probably not too terribly far away from being back as well. It's also interesting that they didn't loan out more guys to SKC too. 
just to give them more practice, like because sporting does have a long period of time without a game now that they're out of the league's cup. So I, I feel like when they have too long of time off, like they come back and they aren't always good. So keeping some of those players fresh and having them play on the twos, I don't think is the worst idea. Yeah, I was actually surprised to see that, too, because SKC2 actually had a triple game week, which you rarely seem to see in MLS Next Pro. The games have been spread out a lot more, but they played three times this week, and they struggled earlier in the week. So it's good to see them kill in Portland tonight. But um, I wonder if the team has just been given time off. Looking at the social media of some of the players, it looks like they're out of town. Some are... Like, you know, maybe out of the country, even it looks like. So I wonder if they weren't given a little bit of a break at the beginning of this window. Sporting KC2 play again before Sporting play. They'll play this coming weekend on Saturday, August 19th against Minnesota United 2. So that might be a good game to check to see, are there going to be more first team guys playing there? Or I don't expect it to be like starters, but, you know, the kind of guys that have been loaned there before, you know, Felipe Hernandez. Uh, they haven't loaned Marinos, Johnny's, but I wouldn't mind seeing Marinos get you know, 60 yeah. or 90 minutes or something like that with the twos. He needs to build his confidence. He's, they spent a bunch of money on him and he's getting a decent salary and he has not scored hardly at all in the two year and a half, two years he's been with the team. So I would like to see him get a run out. Just, you know, a lot of these younger guys give them a chance to, to get in the lineup and get some minutes. Yeah, I agree with that. But can we talk about the most, per, like the most amazing part of attending that game? Today was that we accidentally met Benny Philhopper's kids. They were sitting in the yes. row in front of us, and his kids are so stinking adorable. Like his little boy, I think his name was Aluka, maybe. Uh, he was like talking to us, and he told us his dad was the coach, and he was really cute. Uh, and his daughter is just adorable, too. Yeah, I think he might have two daughters, actually. It was so yeah. creepy that I even know this. Instagram, y'all. I uh, Because I started this podcast, I was like, I'm going to pay more attention to the social media. I'm going to see if I pick up anything. And it's like the only accounts I follow are sporting accounts. Uh, you'll remember, Sheena, I was like the girl singing the national anthem. I was like, God, she looks familiar. And then I looked up her name on Instagram, and it's Ozzy Cisneros' girlfriend. So I think... Uh, it gives me an insight, but it's also a little creepy because, yeah, his, he's like, yeah, my dad is the coach. He's, I was like, I'm rooting for the blue team. I was like, I'm rooting for the blue team, too. And when our daughter found out that it was Phil Hubbard's kids, he's like, she was saying, oh, I should have tried to be friends with him so I could go to <laughs> Benny's house. And I was like, oh, you're so funny. But, yeah, those were they were some stinking cute kids for sure. Yeah. So. And Chad was able to identify them like I would have never known they were his kids. Which is interesting because I would say I'm the Instagram stalker and I don't pay attention, I guess, to soccer players. Well, I'm, I'm taking it to another level. Except here. I keep I keep hoping to find like some <laughs> nugget of information by following the wives and girlfriends and whatever of these players and go, oh, I saw that such and such is overseas, but they should be with the team right now. Why are they over, you know, trying to get like news because a lot of people will send me stuff and I'll never see it. So I'm, I'm trying to look more, but I'm just not a social media person, but I've scrolled enough to, to see these faces and go, hmm, I think that's his kids. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> Oh, but they were so cute. They were fun. I was glad they were sitting in front of us because they brought me a lot of entertainment. I feel like I should, I don't know if this sounds weird, be a babysitter because I just adore little kids, but I don't want another kid. I just want to mm -hmm. hang out with one. I don't know. <laughs> sounds so it. weird. I know. You know. 
listeners, I have to tell you a story. Sheena used to always go, I just want to take that kid. I'm like, you can't say you want to take people's kids. Like, that's called kidnapping and that's illegal. And she goes, well, I, don't, I just to like hang out with them and do things that our daughter doesn't want to do with us. And I'm like, oh, again, you can't say you want to take people's children. So she's gotten better about it. She doesn't say I'm going to take kids. I, but she was saying just literally today, we went to to lunch with a friend that was uh, we knew from Arizona that we both moved away and, and they were here visiting. Mm-hmm. And their little daughters are so cute too and she was just like i just want to like borrow a kid i just want to like hang out with these kids <laughs> yeah they're little kids they're best when you can give them back it's true and before yeah. they get sassy all right let's move to another topic because we uh we've skewed off the rails a little bit which is you know, that's kind of that's kind of what we do all right so Big new news before we go on to talk some women's soccer is Alan Polito. So there, you know, will he or won't he resign has been going on for gosh months, really. There's rumors of him going back to Chivas, then he gets the red card so he doesn't have to play against Chivas, then maybe Cruz Azul, another Liga Emekis team. So New reports out of Mexico, Kerry Ruiz, um, he worked for multiple different media outlets. This this was a report he wrote in football at footballtransfers.com. Um, is that Polito has re-signed or is on the verge, I shouldn't say has. He's about to re-sign and that if anybody wants him, they need to make their last-ditch effort. The contract is rumored to be worth $4.4 million per season for a two-year deal. To give you some context, his full contract so far has been worth $8.8 million over four years. So this would double the amount of money paid to Polito, uh, but in half as many seasons. So just initial gut reactions, Sheena. What do you think? Polito, two more years, all the dollars. I don't know. I mean, he's played really good this season. So I... I wish it was more another one year with a lot of money and we can see because he is injury prone and what happens if he gets another injury before the end of the season and he's out for another year, then it's like another bust. So I, I would film, I don't know. I mean, it's a lot of money. He is a good player, but in the back of my mind, every fall he takes, I'm like, Oh, is this going to be, the injury that has him out for an amount of time. What what do you think? Yeah, I think you kind of sum it up. If if he could stay healthy, that's he's a great player. Like he's yeah. so good when he's healthy. He's he's actually scored more goals this year uh, than he has scored at any other season with Sporting oh. KC. It's like he knew he was in a contract year and he's blown it up. He's still got nine games to go, so he can add to that total. He's averaging a goal every other game, which is really fantastic. That is like you know, elite striker numbers. And I think he is an elite striker when he's healthy. He'll be 33 by the start of the next season or right around the start of the next season. I think right, maybe a game or two in, give or take. We don't know the schedule yet, but 33 Sadly. is not young in soccer. Yeah, yeah I know. You <laughs> want to plan more vacations around it. But, I know. Uh, so that means he'll almost be 35 by the time the contract is over. If he's healthy and he's performing at the level he's performing right now, I've got zero problem with it. But 
the if is enormous because he hasn't been healthy. He's uh, coming into this season. He had missed over half the possible games he could have played for Sporting KC because he, of course, he missed all of 2022. And then he missed quite a few games before that. And he was even a little injury prone before he came to Sporting. I wrote an article on it back when we were still the bluetestament.com. And I linked it, actually. If you go read the uh, KC Soccer Journal story on it, where I wrote this rumor up, there's a link to that initial story, kind of breaking down all the injuries he'd ever had in his career. Most of them were minor before he came to sporting. So it kind of begs the question for me. Vermees says it was a freak injury that he picked up with the Mexican national team, and then it kind of lingered and was added to, and that's why he missed so much time with sporting. But he was never, I mean, he, again, minor injuries and like one broken arm, which is kind of a, can be a fluke, right? You get knocked down and you break your arm. But He's never really been injury prone, so to speak, in terms of like bad injuries until he came to sporting and he missed all this time. So is it something that sporting is doing it? They've always talked about how they practice really hard. Are they practicing too hard? Are they hurting their players? You always have players popping up on the injury report that didn't get hurt in a game. So maybe they're going too hard. Maybe they're we already just spent 20 minutes talking about how they don't rest their players. Um, I think Willie Agata will be good for his rest, but um, I don't know. Peter needs to take care of him. If if you've got a Gata backing him up and Polito doesn't have to start every single game, especially on a triple game week, you let a Gata get a game, you sub him out in the 60th or 70th minute, let a Gata take some of those minutes, then I think this could really work out. I don't know. The uh, the 4.4 million is shocking. I know I said on this podcast previously, I really wanted him to sign us for what's called targeted allocation money deal, basically 1.7 million or less. Once you cross that threshold of being a designated player and paying all that money, uh, you could pay him, you know, whatever it is, $1.8 million or a billion. It literally doesn't matter. The only thing it matters to is the ownership group who has to write the checks. So it's not my money. Um, if, he's, if he's healthy and he plays well, it'll look great. If it doesn't, it'll look terrible. If they want to give me some of their money, I'm happy to take it. Yeah, I think. Are you an elite <laughs> soccer player? No, I'm not a soccer player at all. I'm just a person who's willing to take other people's money. Oh, yeah, me too. Sign me up. Uh, <laughs> if you're all listening to this, uh, Cliff, Illig, um, you know, feel free, cut me a check. Um, I'm happy to take your money. <laughs> I'm I'm build, building up um, support for your team. I'm uh, drawing attention to it. You're welcome. <laughs> all right. So uh, any other thoughts on Mr. Alan Pulido? Uh, no. Do you like how I over-enunciate his name every time I say it? I didn't even notice. I thought you were loving it when you yawned during my answer there. <laughs> um, I'm <laughs> it is, tired. It is late at night. Yeah, I'm still getting back uh, used to the state time, the Missouri time, whatever. Oh, the states. We're back in the states. I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> that, I liked... that must be why the, the, all that U.S. soccer gear says states on it. Because the rest of us just calls us the states. That's what everybody yeah. referred to us overseas. Are you all from the states? <laughs> yes, oh, we are. you know what? We didn't even talk about our World Cup experience. That's in the rundown. We're going to get oh. there. You know what? Let's let's switch to that right now. Let's talk okay. USA, <laughs> um, the U.S. women's national team. Unfortunately, we're dumped out of the Women's World Cup unceremoniously in the round of 16 against Sweden. Uh, personally, I thought that game was actually their best game that's weird to say right they didn't score any goals uh but they looked so much 
better in that game. Now, uh, Sheena does not have a lot of thoughts about the game itself uh, because she was asleep. Uh, it, no, it's weird I watched it was the like, PKs. You watched the PKs. Yeah, I woke you up yeah. for penalties. So when you really think about it, it's probably your fault because <laughs> you were asleep during the rest of the game. <laughs> She's grinning at me because she hates when I do this. Uh, and then you're awake when everything went off the rails. So admittedly, they should have scored during regular time and, and, and avoided all this PK nonsense. Yeah, the PKs were brutal, like Megan Rapino missed one. Mm -hmm. And I always feel like whenever they give some crazy stat, which you gave me the crazy stat too, how she's only missed like, what was it, one PK yeah, or something? one for the women's national team ever. Yeah, won. and now, every now time... Two. Yeah, every time they say something like a crazy stat like that, I was, and I know they can't hear it, but I was like, they always almost miss it, feels like, so... That was it's unfortunate. The, com the commentator's curse, right? I was giving you commentary right oh, in the hotel room. I, yeah, I guess so. I haven't heard of that phrase. Oh, interesting. Because it'll say yeah. like on a field goal or something like in football, it'll be like, oh, this yeah. guy, he's made 30 in a row. And you'll be like, oh, don't say that he's going to miss. And then when they yeah. make it, you don't really pay much attention to it. But when they miss right after yeah. they mention the stat, that's when it sticks out to you. I think most of the time they, they don't miss. But Megan Rapinoe missed. Sophia Smith still, missed. Still could have won when Sophia Smith missed. Yeah. And Kelly O'Hara missed. That wasn't a game winner, but it ended up being a game losing miss because right after that was was the Alyssa Nair PK not save. That's oh my gosh. I I'm still kind of hung up on the image that Fox or I guess we were watching Sky Sports. Uh so it yeah. must have been the the broadcast feed or whatever, but um the there, there seemed to be no space between that line and the ball, but they're saying, oh, yes, there's the tiniest sliver of space because of goal line technology. And somehow that ball was officially in the net and the, the U.S. are back home. Yeah, it was really sad. I know people were like saying it was disrespectful that Megan Rapinoe was like laughing and smiling. And I just feel like in situations that are devastating everybody handles it differently and i think her coping mechanism is just like that that anxious smile and laughing so i agree i'm sure she was crushed like i'm sure she's yeah. not happy like i that was probably just her her method to deal with it kind of like how it's sometimes at funerals people will make jokes right like yeah. i've been at funerals and that's kind of how my family is we like try to kind of laugh through it and remember the good times but some people might go i can't believe you're laughing over a, a casket you know that sort of thing yeah yeah and i mean it's a kind of an awful last way to end your career in soccer is missing one of the most important goals you'll take and you know for the world cup so I don't think she thought it was funny or anything, but, and Sophia Smith, I don't know if you saw her statement. She was devastated. Yeah. She came out with, maybe it was yesterday. I don't know. Sometime in the last few days, she came out with the statement, just, you know, she was devastated. And so, especially, I feel like there's a lot of pressure on her because everyone says she's like part of the future of the women's team. And so, it's, and she still is. Just because she yeah. missed doesn't mean she's not. It's kind of like with sporting. I've seen some of their penalty kick shootout misses will come from guys like Zussi and Espinoza. And it's not like they weren't great players when they were missing those yeah. PKs. It's just PKs are tough. Well, and I think it also can you can use that loss as motivation going forward to help you fine tune your game 
And I don't honestly think one game defines how successful somebody is in a sport because things just happen. I imagine it was probably cold at that game because that that game, um, that one was still in New Zealand, right? Or was it already no, in Australia? In, uh, Melbourne, I think, yeah. Yeah, but in New Zealand, it was like particularly cold that day. So I don't know about Australia, but there's just a lot of factors and... I don't know. It's a, an unfortunate way to to leave the tournament, especially because this is the worst they've done in a really long time. Like the soonest ever. they've exited, yeah, ever. Ever, yeah. So, they've never not gotten at least third. Yeah, isn't that wild to think about? Like, I mean, the the women's World Cup hasn't been going on nearly as long as the men's, right? But they've won it four times more than any other team, and not gotten they've gotten at least third every other tournament until this year. That's pretty. It's pretty freaking impressive. I, I don't know if you place blame anywhere, Sheena. I know that Vladko Andonovsky, the coach, is taking a lot of heat. And I definitely think he maybe made some choices I wouldn't have made. Pino probably wouldn't have put her in the game, honestly. But uh, especially taking off the players you, did, you took off. Like, I thought um, Alex Morgan wasn't playing amazing or anything. But she was being a threat. And you have all these other players that you could have gone to. You subbed out Trini Rodman, who had been playing well. I don't know. There things you can criticize playing crystal dunn at left back when she maybe should be an attacking midfielder lots of stuff but i kind of just think and i had thought this before the 2019 world cup that the rest of the world is just catching up and i don't know if our amazing head start at letting women play sports and funding women's sports on a level that the rest of the world didn't do it if that lead is just gone and we'll never get it back or if we can recover from this and the right coach and the right players and the right tactics can pull us out i don't think that they're going to consistently be going out in the round of 16 by any means but i think it's just going to be harder and harder to continue to win because you saw a lot of teams that like Nigeria advanced and Colombia advanced and places where women's soccer Jamaica. has not been. Yeah, yeah, Jamaica, yeah. Like you're used to the European countries because they're a little more advanced on women and even Australia's usually like kind of a contender, right? But, and Canada got bounced early, Germany got bounced early. Like all these really big countries were upset. They didn't make it out of the group stage, right? So the US were Mexico. on the verge of, I mean, we, we didn't even Mexico qualify. Didn't qualify for the World Cup. Yeah, yeah exactly. So there's so many the, the game is just rising up with women around the world and it, i don't know it's gonna be hard i think it was i thought it was hard in 2019 and they got it done and I, I don't think you can go in you shouldn't go in expecting to win you shouldn't go in being overly confident that you should know you're gonna have to work your butt off to get a result do you have blame to place anywhere no i don't know I do have a question. For, I have a couple questions for you, though. Is Jamaica still in? Do you know? They are not. They got eliminated oh. in the same round as as the U.S. So uh, as okay. you can tell, Sheena's casualness coming through here. She, I've been watching at least some kind of some of the games I've watched entirely, and some I've just been watching highlights because you know we were still traveling during some of this stuff. So we actually well, did go to another uh, a we World did. Cup game. We went but to wait, Japan. Before... Right. Before oh, we talk about that, I just had one more thing to say about Jamaica. They had a really incredible story how they went on GoFundMe to even like, um, what am I trying to say? Yeah, before to come to the World Cup. Yeah, right? to they couldn't, afford, like, afford to travel. Yeah. It reminds me of Cool Runnings, if anyone remembers that story. <laughs> and I just hope Disney capitalizes and makes a soccer version of cool runnings i would say like hot, hot runnings or like what what is the I don't, soccer version of that 
I don't know. It would be some soccer reference, so you would know. So I don't know. But we did attend when we were in Wellington. We attended a second World Cup game, which was Japan versus Norway. And that was a really fun game. I think one thing I would say when we decided we were going to go to New Zealand, I didn't like obviously I'd heard about it. I knew a little bit about New Zealand, but I would say overall I didn't know very much about it. And through like researching and planning for the trip, I learned some stuff. But one thing that kind of surprised me, I don't know why it did, is that there is a heavy Asian influence, which I found to be amazing. It really lacks in the United States, like seeing all the different um, Asian restaurants and how authentic they all were was just a really cool and just a different experience than here in the United States. So um, it wasn't a surprise that there were a lot of the crowd was rooting for Japan, which made me root yeah. for Japan. I didn't really care either way because I didn't have like a, I, I didn't favor one team over another, but it was heavily that stadium in Wellington was supporting Japan and their secondary kits are so fun. They're pink and purple. It looked like, right? Maybe some yeah, blue. Some, I think there was a lot of colors going on in there, but yeah, yeah. it, it kind of reminded me of like a sunset or a sunrise. And I don't yeah. know if that's what it was going for that, like glow over the horizon sort of thing. Yeah. But it was a fun game. I would actually say it was a more lively game than the United States game that we attended against. Oh yeah, that was a boring Portugal. game against Portugal. Oh my yeah, gosh, and, it, and, and stressful, right? Because we're worried they're about to be eliminated in the group stage. Yeah, well, I just meant even the crowd. Like I felt like at times our game, I was like, this experience is no different than seeing a game in the states. Like it was when we were doing good. I would say it was honestly worse. Like. The the crowd does such a good job at like a sporting game of yeah, chanting yeah, with I'm... the team and knowing the chants and there aren't chants like it, they the USA would break out here or there but like the American yeah. Outlaws would try to get a chant going and like people were just yelling sit down why are you standing we're oh, behind the yeah. goal I'm like this is what you do behind the goal but yeah. you can tell they're more just like neutral fans or they you know it's a different it's a different vibe when the fans don't care as much about who's going to win and of course they turned on the u.s in that portugal game because you know they they tend to favor the underdog and portugal is definitely the underdog yeah but i thought the atmosphere in the japan versus norway game was more electric than it was in the usa versus portugal like not including like how they were playing but just the crowd was more into it i think but i think it was also more people were rooting for japan maybe it's not that expensive to fly from Japan. So maybe they had a lot of people like from their country there. I don't know. Possible. Or yeah, like you yeah. said, a big Asian influence. I, I will say, obviously there's huge pockets of Asian influence here in the United States. But oh, there's for 330, sure. 30 million people there versus 5 be. million people, yeah. right? Like it's, you, you just, you spread out and you, you tend to, you know, kind of get pocketed together. Like when you go to San Francisco, of course, like you can see a massive Asian influence in that part of the country. So um, I have two questions for you, Sheena. Uh, one yeah. will transition us to our next topic. But before that, so you weren't sure who is still in it. Uh, it's Spain versus Sweden in one of the semifinals and Australia versus England in the other semifinal. Who do you want to win? I want Australia to win. We kind of talked about this at some point this weekend, but I do think like maybe because I was just in that part of the world and I have like a huge affinity for it now. Like I want to I mean, see you're part them. Kiwi, right? 
I am, yeah. Not, I'm a not, Kiwi at in heart. What, Australia is just the Western island of Zealand, New Zealand. That's it's, what the New Zealanders were telling us. <laughs> they were the Western cousins is what they would yeah, sometimes yeah. say. But yeah, so I want Australia. I mean, they're hosting it. I think it would be really fun for them. And so, yeah, I mean, and if they lost, then I guess I'd go with England. I don't really care. Okay. How about well, you? They'll play each other. So, um, yeah, yeah I, I was of the same mind. I think that uh, somebody made a comment about how this reminded them of 1999 in the States where the United States won that and people weren't maybe expecting them. Same thing here with Australia, right? People haven't been expecting them. They eliminated France in a wild penalty kick shootout. Oh, my gosh. If you haven't seen it, just go watch the YouTube video of just the shootout. So stressful. But um, even if you don't care, like, about who's going to win, like, you just feel for these people when they miss or they, something gets saved and then it hits a post and, oh, you know. But um, if not Australia, I kind of want Sweden to win just so that we can say, well, the U.S. lost to the champions. So, you know, they would have won had they not run into the champions in the round of 16. Uh, so, I don't know. I'm I'm good with that. Like, I've got some English heritage, so I don't really, like, feel strongly about any of the teams losing particularly so i'm just hoping for some good exciting soccer and there's a, a you know semi-final and then a first and third place game to go so uh go ladies my other question sheena focus look up at the camera is so black andonofsky the coach of the u.s women's national team almost surely will be not the coach of the u.s women's national team going forward and i had this thought i think i had this while we were in new zealand i think i tweeted it and got, said to my like how did I not think of this earlier is have the Casey current been waiting for this world cup to end. And that's why they haven't named a permanent head coach. They've had an interim for, you know, almost the entire season of outside of the first three games. Are they waiting to give the job to Vlatko who lives in Kansas city consistently attends current games? He's a resident. He might be unemployed. <laughs> what do you think? I... Vlatko, is he your guy? I don't know. I don't feel like I know anything about him. But well, let me give you a little bio on him. He's won two NWSL titles for FC Kansas City. You may have heard of them, our former NWSL team who became the Utah Royals, who became the KC Current. So it's kind of the same team when you really think about it. So he led them to two titles. He was also the coach, I think, in Seattle uh, and had them as contenders as well. So pretty solid NWSL record. Also former KC Comets head coach. Okay. I, I don't care either way. That context I don't have any didn't thoughts. Add anything for Sheena. No, not at all. <laughs> okay. Well, I have I don't thoughts care. if you don't have thoughts. Okay. I, I think that I'm okay with that. I think Vladko, as you saw during the World Cup, has an incredibly well organized defense, and defense can win you championships in soccer, right? Uh, it helps if you score some goals, but in the NWSL, it'll be a little bit different. But if you look at the KC Current, you kind of compare them to the women's national team. They're actually very similar. They're loaded with a lot of attacking talent, and their defense is not as solid. And that's kind of how the Current have been, although they've made some signings. So we'll see if that changes. So I don't know if it's a good fit or not, but I want to see Vlatko redeem himself. I want to see his ideas work, and hopefully he can evolve and change his ideas. I mean, if you got like a Davinia on your team, you got to do things different. But I would 100% be okay with Vlatko being the coach of the Current. Do you want to talk about the current now? Does that seem like a good transition point? I mean, you, you can talk about them. I haven't seen any other games because of traveling. Oh, dang travel. Okay, so we'll get we'll get this and then we'll get to our mailbag here. So 
the Kansas City Current uh, beat Racing Louisville three to nothing. I'm just going to hit kind of some high points because you all probably know this. This happened again like a week ago. They won their group in the Challenge Cup. They've advanced. They're the two seed in the Challenge Cup going forward. So they just got to win two more times to lift that trophy and take home their portion of the million-dollar prize. Hey, that could be something to redeem their season. Some things that kind of jumped out at me from the game. Haley Mace returned from her injury. She was a second-half sub. She actually played forward. She came in at left wing for Alexa Spanstra. And it's good to see because she actually scored a goal as well. It was a quite a beautiful goal, actually. Um, Alex Loera got another start. Loeda. I always say her name wrong. Sorry, Alex. Uh, she got 65 minutes in her second rehab start. Lola Bonta got 79 minutes in her second rehab start. Um, Kristen Hamilton had a the really good goal to kind of open things up. But I can't talk without talking about the negative. So uh, Louisville got a red card. And rightfully so. I thought the ref actually did a pretty good job of managing the game and calling things correct for all those people that say I always hate on the refs. I just hate on when they get it wrong. It doesn't mean I don't appreciate when they, you know, do a good job, but just, you know, it's hit or miss. It's our job. <laughs> so anyways, the current were up one nothing and up a woman for a huge portion of this game, but they did not look good. Like, even when they were up a player, they were struggling. You might look at this and say, oh, they won 3 nothing. Everything worked its way out. But that's kind of concerning to me, right? Because Louisville, even though they lost this game, they did advance. They had the best second-place record. They were going to advance no matter what going into that game. Uh, they were guaranteed a spot. So if sporting or sporting, if the KC Current play them again, I'm not super confident. Louisville won the previous three times these teams met this year. And they were missing some of their better players. Um, I forget the uh, Ari maybe is the Brazilian forward. And they had uh, Savannah DeMello for the U.S. women's national team. And Jalen Howell didn't play. And I, I mean, when you're up a lady and you're struggling to do anything and, you know, I don't know. That's uh, it's, it's not confidence building. So I don't know. This team still has me a little puzzled. The talent doesn't match up with what you see on the field. Can I ask you another question about the current, Sheena? Oh, good. Always nodding. Yes. Great for an audio okay, medium. Well, I'm sorry. I couldn't get my <laughs> microphone to unmute. <laughs> okay, leave this in. No editing. All right. Dabinia's back, right? The World Cup is over. The two new signings, Laura, Lauren, uh, the Brazilian center back, and then, oh, I can't think of her name, Paul Singer? I don't know how you say her name. The center back from Denmark. Oh, I'll learn your name, I promise. Um, <laughs> uh, they're going to join the team. What do you think? How do you think this team lines up differently? Do you think they change the lineup? They got to put Dabinia back in, right? Even though they've won games without her, they won a couple, you know, several, two of their three Challenge Cup games and they tied the other one. Got to put her back in, right? Yeah, maybe. I guess. I don't know. You sound so confident. <laughs> All right. <laughs> She doesn't want to talk about the current. Okay, we'll we'll think more Sorry, about that. We'll, I'm we'll tired. See, we'll see on Friday. Okay, <laughs> let's uh, let's move on to the mailbag. So we've got some mailbag questions, but the first mailbag question, Sheena, is from me to you. Since okay. you're loving me asking you questions on the podcast yes, today. Yes, I'm it's, loving it. It's going so well. So Major League Soccer released their list of players that are going to be free agents at the end of the season. And I don't expect that you have combed through that list, but I know it's in your to-do list that you're going to definitely go through and look at all the players and be like, yes, this is the guy that sporting should get. But I want to list some names that may or may not be familiar to you because they're former Sporting KC players that are going to be free agents. And my question to you as, you, as I list these names... Are there any of them that you would want back 
on Sporting KC. So we've got Teal Bunbury, Eric Dick. He's a goalkeeper. Oh, uh, Don yeah. Dwyer, Eric Hurtado, Kai Kamara. You know, Kai Kamara, uh, uh, Alex Kahn, Jimmy Madronda, Uri Roselle. That worked out well the last time. <laughs> Kellen Rowe, Diego Rubio, Ilya Sanchez, CJ Sapong, your favorite, Ben Sweat. And Adrian Zendejas. Are any of those names, names that leap out to you that you're like, you know what? I could see a place for them on this team. Sporting love to bring back their old players. They do love doing that. I It's so tough because I want to be like Ilya because I love Ilya as a person. He just seems like a genuinely good guy. But I don't know that there we need him. Like there, I don't know that there's a place on the roster for him. Uh, unless he wanted to be a backup, or maybe he's competition for. Would it be Remy? Is that uh, Nemanja, Nemanja Radoya would be okay. in the spot that he plays in if he's ever okay. healthy? I mean, that so whack maybe in the there has kept him out for a while. So maybe there is a need, you know, for him. I guess I don't really know how any of these players have played except Dom Dwyer. I just know he hasn't played, so that's about the extent of what I know. I can tell you Kai Kamara made the all-star team this year. You, Of course, okay. you know your boy Diego Rubio. Yeah. Well, I don't know how he's played, but I was going to say I loved Diego Rubio, too. I liked his feistiness, and so I think he would be a solid backup, like maybe a behind Polito. And I feel like right now we don't know which Agata we're getting. So if it turns out we're getting the beginning of the season Agata, um, for the rest of his contract, like, yeah, I'd like some competition for him. And Diego Rubio could be a good person to compete with. I don't think it didn't always feel like uh, Peter Vermees was like super keen on Diego Rubio. So I don't see him coming back, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, I mean, Kai Kamara seems like he'd be a solid option. Did he start his career in Sporting Kansas City, or am I making that up? I'm probably making that up. I just know he played. I don't know at what point. Gosh, yeah. I, I honestly don't even remember off the top of my head if he started his career here, but he was here for a while. You know, We loaned him overseas, then we sold him overseas. He's been bounced around most of MLS. Yeah. I, I want to say we may have been his first team, but that's in my gray time where I wasn't always paying attention, y'all. Secrets out. Yeah, so it... He would. It would be fun for him to end his career here. Not saying he's ending it, but if he was here for a few seasons, um, definitely don't need to see if third time's a charm with Uri Rozelle. Uh Definitely <laughs> don't want Ben Sweat back under any circumstance. I guess he would be a third time's a charm as well. Um, so uh, I don't. No, this would be his second time. He's definitely not been on the team twice. Thank goodness. Oh, okay. I. Okay, so I don't need to see. But you were right if, on Uri. Good job on the Uri thing being a third time. I know. Okay, well, I don't need to see Ben Sweat a second time. I bet I do. Is he playing for the Revolution? Yeah, probably frequently? not. I don't care. I don't pay attention um, to him at all. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know realistically that anyone is coming back. But somebody cheap. I always go back to Dom Dwyer. He's not on a team. <laughs> Take a shot if you've got to take a shot every time we mention Dom. So I'll I'll answer the question real quick. I would say generally I'm kind of in the same boat as you. I don't really want any of them back. Um, I I was a big Rubio guy. loved Rubio, but it's hard to see, like, where does he even get minutes, right? And why would he want to come be the third striker on a team? You make a good point about Agata because if Agata isn't who he thought he was and he doesn't recover – 
then I guess, but I, I don't know. Then you got an old striker being backed up by a slightly less old striker, and then you have like a rookie as the third string guy. But if they sign him, then you're pushing a free foul. You're saying a free is a miss. I don't know. So uh, that, but like if Kamara wanted to come and just be like a show up and be a, you know, come on when you need to head a goal in that sort of thing, then, you know, cool, cool. All right. Um, let's see here. Let's get to these mailbag questions here. The first question comes from Thomas at Smith of Snow on Twitter. He said, the League's Cup has been better than I expected. My, Miami Messi is doing incredible things. You can just not not watch him. Uh, did you watch any of the sporting uh, non-sporting games? Uh, six of the eight quarterfinalists are MLS teams, which we're now into the semifinals because more games have happened since he asked this. Uh, his question was, who wins it all? And then I'm going to tie this in with the next question from D. Burt at Derek or Dirk Burt. Sorry, Dirk. Uh, has your Sheena opinion on Messi in the MLS changed since his grand reveal now that he's got some games under his belt? So we'll tie those Messi Leagues Cup questions together. So I can confirm that you can not not watch Messi because I haven't watched him outside of his debut. So it is Did possible, you watch any highlights? Have you seen the highlights? I really haven't. I mean, maybe part hmm. of that is because we've been in New Zealand and you were watching stuff when I was sleeping. Y'all, I went to bed super early in New Zealand. I think the latest I stayed up ever was 10. I was in bed. Yeah, our as... daughter was consistently up later. Than yeah, Gina. I was exhausted. I never, I don't, I don't, I thought I never really adjusted to New Zealand time, but then I have not adjusted to being back in the States either. So I don't know. But anyway, so Chad was watching a lot of the stuff at night when we were in hotels uh, so I that could be part of the reason I haven't seen Messi. That being said, I think Inner Miami is going to win it all because they have a Miami, uh, they have Messi. So that's my prediction. I don't know who else is in it, honestly. So that is also part of it. I do know they're still in it, but he is on a roll. I think you told me, or on one of the twenty million podcasts we listened to where they talked about Messi. I think he scored like six or eight goals or something like goals that. Goals in five games, yeah. Yeah, so uh, I think they're going to win it all. What are your thoughts? Yeah, so I will say I have watched a lot more than she and I have really enjoyed the League's Cup. I wasn't anti-League's Cup going in. A lot of people were like, oh, I'm, I'm a convert because the games have been so fun. I liked the concept. I, you know, I gave my thoughts on it doesn't really favor sporting the way they're currently constructed, at least. Uh, we're down to the semifinals. So the teams that are left are Monterey, the Nashville, Philadelphia, and Miami. So it's Monterey and Nashville, Philly and Miami. And then the final will be on August 19th. So both those games are coming up on the 15th. And then again, four days later, boom, we're in the final. So sporting would have been terrible in a format like that, right? As they were, as they got bounced when they finally had to play on short rest. So my, I, I kind of want, Miami not to win just because I don't want yeah. everybody like I just don't want to hear it right uh he's been fun Miami has problems uh they it was 4-4 against Dallas and they won it in penalties and their defense is leaky it seems to me that uh they started to realize hey you need to press uh Sergio Busquets don't give him all the time in the world but on this one I I don't know like um I think they have holes and I think they can be beat. Philly's a good team and hopefully they'll they'll, you know, just eliminate them. But 
Uh, if you make me pick a team, I'm going to pick the only Liga Mekis team left, Monterrey. They beat LAFC in a really fun game. They scored a couple late to win that game. I think it, it's I saw the highlights fun. on that one. Oh, yeah, you might have been sitting there when I was yeah. watching some of that stuff. So, yeah, I've just been trying to catch up because, again, my sleep's all jacked up, too, from all this travel. But uh, I'm going to consume as much of it as I can. But, yeah, it, it's been fun, and uh, I'm I'm looking forward to it. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out in future seasons if they keep the same format. A lot of the Mexican teams are complaining, this is set up for us to fail. All the games are on the road. That was the agreement going into the tournament, that they were going to come because they have so many fans in the U.S. They can come out and those, you know, 80% of those Sporting Park were Sporting Park, Children's Mercy Park were Chivas fans when Chivas played that game. So they're obviously one of the bigger teams in Mexico. Uh, there is a second part to D Bird's question. I didn't ask it to you, Shini, because I know that you don't care, but I'm going to ask it and then I'll answer it. Uh, it also says, in general question, can we explore the topic of Miami building a quote dream of sorts and how and why that's possible? Uh, without me getting we- deep into the weeds, since we're already over an hour on this podcast, I will just say that supposedly they're following the rules they were really bad this year in part because they saved so much of their budget to be able to buy Messi and buy these players and free up designated player spots etc etc and they kept all three of their U22 player spots available so they could go sign these three young guys I'm not entirely convinced that Jordi Alvas who was playing for millions of dollars last year is suddenly playing for pennies on that and he's not a designated player to go back to that Polito conversation he's making under the 1.7 ish million dollars it's a little less than that but let's not get technical um so they were they cheated in the past there's really no stopping them from cheating now because the only reason they got caught last time is because one of their owners was mad at one of their other owners and they self-reported and outed them otherwise they might have got away with having five designated players and you're only allowed to have three so i don't know um supposedly it's legal but i don't know if we'll ever know let's go to our next question this one's from chris gan first he says that's c gan 311 311 nice yeah that's on twitter so he says welcome back weekly listener big sporting fan why have there been so many own goals during the league cup it seems abnormal he said also i'm a youth high school soccer referee in nebraska so don't hate on all, all of us refs chad we try our best to help grow the game i don't know if i've told this story chris before while you were listening because you know i talk a lot but when i was a coach of my daughter's team i got the sportsmanship award because i'm so nice to the referees and to the other team very respectful that said i just because I'm nice doesn't mean I don't think they did a bad job at times. So <laughs> I admit that I would be bad at being a referee. I'm slow. I'm not in good shape. I would be out of position all the time. Maybe a youth game I could do it if I played like young enough kids that they don't run too much. Or and the field smaller. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's what I need. Less field to cover. But uh, what do you think, Sheena? Why so many own goals? There's been so many. Every game I feel like you were watching highlights for, there was an own goal. I don't know. A lot of it in the World Cup, too. The Women's World yeah. Cup had a lot of own goals. Yeah, yeah I, don't I don't know. Maybe it's the pressure of a knockout game. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I don't have a, a thought on why it's happening, but it's crazy because I don't feel like it's You'd see them in games in the past, but it it felt very infrequently, and it's definitely I, I don't maybe we're hyper fixated on it because we keep noticing it, and maybe this is it can't be common. This can't be the norm for a season. Like how many own goals there are in a season? It's definitely elevated right now. I have no idea what the reason would be. 
Yeah, I, I'm not sure either. I think part of it could be the fatigue thing, right? When you're yeah. you make mistakes, when you're fatigued, and they're playing these games on short rest, as we kind of beat to death on this episode. Um, I'm I'm kind of wondering too if it's just it, when you're attacking and you're doing a good job of attacking, you put a defense under pressure when they're running back towards their goal. They're much more likely to make these mistakes. So it could be that. A couple in the Women's World Cup, which I know this question was technically about the League's Cup, they've had these back passes where they didn't look for their goalkeeper and they back passed it into their own net, which I don't know about you, Sheena, but every time Sporting or The Current or whoever passed to their keeper, I'm always like a little worried the ball's yeah. going to go in the net. And it almost never does. Like, I can't even remember the last time that either of those teams accidentally passed it into their own net. Not like a like the Rosero thing where he... That Headed play, it. But yeah 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 i don't know but uh i'm always a little nervous i keepers have gotten a lot better at playing with their feet and maybe that's why it's uh less of an issue so and then our last question oh actually we already answered this this one's connor bateman give you a shout out there connor at connor with a k three on twitter he was asking us about polito and i think we we already covered that right is this the right move and i think we all said if he's healthy we'll see yeah. if, he, if he stays healthy all right, digital crawl time, y'all. Just a couple quick things in the crawl. The U.S. Open Cup, which has been hard to find. You've had to watch it on the internet if you wanted to watch it this year. But there's a man named Messi who's still alive in the Open Cup. And shocker, they've agreed to broadcast these games, the semifinals and the finals on CBS. I think Telemundo, actually, after I wrote this, um, picked it up and they're going to broadcast it in Spanish. So that's pretty cool. Going to keep the U.S. Cup there on TV. Uh, one of my other items in the crawl, which we kind of already covered too, is Messi keeps scoring and winning eight goals, five games. They're in the semifinals. Um, since we last recorded, they've won two more times. That's kind of wild. There's just so many games. Yeah, I'm wondering, is anyone else fatigued by Messi yet? Or is it so exciting that you can't get enough of it? Because that's to compare it to something relatable in my life, the Barbie movie, I was really excited by the Barbie movie and I saw it and it's great, but like, I'm sick of hearing about the Barbie movie now. So I'm wondering if anyone else is feeling that way with Messi, or is it just so great because of the talent that he brings to MLS? I will say the people we went, our friends that were in town uh, that we went to lunch with today, I talked to the husband about it and he was saying how, yeah, he's been, he's hard not to notice. It's something he's like, I don't pay attention to soccer, but I've been noticing it. So I think that's kind of a good thing, right? He's bringing attention to the game. Yeah. Uh, I watch pardon the interruption or I listen to it in podcast form most of the time. Oh yeah, you uh, do. Um, yeah. Poor, Sheena, <laughs> the rule of me driving all the time in New Zealand was I got to control the radio, which meant I'm downloading podcasts and we're listening <laughs> to podcasts and she listened to a lot of podcasts. She had never listened to, but, they talk about Messi all the time on there. They, of course, they were talking about the women in the World Cup, the World Cup as well. So I think it's good. It's bringing attention to the game. I'll probably get sick of it eventually, but we're not there yet. They also love talking about that one baseball player pitcher. Uh, is it on the Angels or the Dodgers? Shohei Otani, your favorite yeah. player. Shohei. Oh my gosh, they talked about him every day. He's your boy. <laughs> I, I didn't PTI even know reference. his name. I didn't even yeah, know his name. I know. But now, now he's your boy. All right. Uh, last thing we have on the call. Actually, I said this too. I probably shouldn't repeat it. Sporting KC2, the, the game ended 6-1 victory over the Portland Timbers too. So they rebounded from a tough week where they had lost a couple of times. So what soccer oh, can you look forward to wait. this week? Oh, before I do that, go talk. 
I wanted to say one other thing. We talked a little bit. This was our first SK2, SKC2 game. SKC2 game. Sorry, it's like almost 11 o'clock. I'm tired. But that was our first time attending at Rock Chalk Park. And Chad made a comment about how he liked the environment there because it had like a family feel, which it may have just been the players' families there and like close friends, honestly. So we may have been intruding on something totally private. Probably not. Yeah, I, I, I did. I mean, you could see a several parent looking figures were wearing like jerseys of the players of players that like you wouldn't know these players if you're not like kind of hardcore about this. And um, there was a lot of people there that like I think they're maybe relatives or maybe the parents of some of these very, very young players like Natty Clark's maybe adopted parents were sitting next to us because mm-hmm. they were talking about Natty and rooting him on the whole time, no matter what else was happening in the game. Chad's talking about such so, a creeper. For all the times you say I'm a creeper. He was right next to me. He was right next to me. What am I but supposed to do? But the fact you knew listen? he was like an adopt. he has an adopted father. There's a whole documentary about it, Sheena. Okay. Okay. I'll, I'll find it for you so you can watch it. I'm sure you're, they're, they're short YouTube documentaries. You can handle it. Okay. Chad wants to get in with this crowd, though. He liked the family feel. Yeah, if it wasn't a 55-minute drive to Lawrence, I'd go way more often. But they're coming to Swope Park here in a few games, so we can go to those games. Maybe that'll be a lot easier. All right, y'all. Let's tell you what soccer's coming up this week. No SKC2. They're on a 22-day break. Well, we're in the middle of it now at this point. They don't play again until August 26th against the San Jose Earthquakes. The games you can look forward to this week is one, the KC Kern are back to NWSL play. They host the OL Reign at Children's Mercy Park on Friday night, August 18th, 7 p.m. And then the aforementioned family feel of SKC2 out at Rock Chalk Park in Lawrence, Kansas. SKC2 host Minnesota United 2 on Saturday the 19th, also at 7 p.m. Uh, this episode, I mean, it was going to be long, right? We didn't record together for three weeks. We didn't. I haven't recorded anything in like 10, 12 days, something like that. Chad was going crazy. He wanted to record the night we got home. And we got home at like 7 p.m. And he's and like, I work we... the next day, too. I was like, are we yeah. making a podcast tonight? And she's like, what's wrong with you? I have a problem, y'all. I have a problem. Anyways. He does. If you've made he has it an this addictive far, personality is what it is. It's true. It's true. Thank goodness I don't do drugs. Um, <laughs> so if you've made it this far already, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Tell your Kansas City soccer friends. We want to be friends with you all. Let's all meet. Let's all hang out. Uh, just search for The Glory Casey wherever you get your podcast. Be sure to give Creepy. us that five-star rating review on Spotify and Apple Music. Uh, you can follow us on social media mm-hmm. at For The Glory Casey on Instagram, Threads, Facebook, Twitter, email us you can send us questions or you know Wait. just tell at for the glory at gmail.com what chad have you even used to thread yet i've sent like two whatever they're called messages things okay well, i follow just us in case they they can send me messages on there even if they don't want to like i i should post the podcast there but i don't remember to do it yeah you should didn't you say there's like a decent amount of people who follow you on threads I mean, not really, but uh, like <laughs> it's a tied to the Instagram, so it's about the same people that have Instagram oh, and threads. Okay. Anyways, also follow me on Twitter <laughs> at Play for Ninety. And my gosh, y'all, it's time to get out of here. Here's Christian Leo with "Write It Like You Mean It." Take care, everybody. Bye.